Welcome to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley, your host. Thanks so much for joining us here on the pod. We've got a great guest today. Glenn Stevens is the executive director of Mish Auto. He also serves as the Detroit Regional Chamber's vice president of automotive and mobility initiatives. So he knows the business when it comes to cars and Michigan better than anyone. Uh, Glenn, how are you? Good, good. It's good to have the opportunity today. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, glad that you're here. And I know that you are an MSU grad, so go green. Go white. (laughs) Well, let's dive in and probably talk about the two biggest stories in North America. The first one, of course, involves uh, Detroit, Michigan, as well as Canada and the rest of the United States. From your perspective, what does the Ambassador Bridge closure mean uh, for business in the automotive industry? Well, you know, the closure was actually a very serious issue. You know, fortunately, uh, things have been moving, but when you've got a single crossing that carries that much commerce to shut down, it creates a big problem real fast and has a ripple effect. So it's very serious and it underscores the need, frankly, for the Gordie Howe International Bridge, which will be open in a few years. It looks like they're finding resolution in most of Canada uh, for the truckers' disagreement with the mandate uh, for the COVID shots. They're still having issues in Ottawa. But when it comes to the bridge, what's the latest that you know of? I know that for a while, one lane was open and that they were working on getting the entire bridge open. Yeah, to my knowledge, they're operational and open. You know, there hasn't been any change to that since they had the restart, but it's been tenuous and you know, hopefully things will continue to flow, but it's been very disruptive and it costs a lot of money. People trying to get to work and their shifts were taken away and vehicles trying to get built and get to dealer inventories and those weren't able to happen either. So, you know, on top of all the other things that the industry has been going through with the pandemic and labor and the microchip shortage, this was not something we needed right now. Well, from that perspective, how's the auto industry doing with COVID? It looks like we're coming out of that a little bit. And where are we with the chips situation? Sure. Well, it's a very resilient industry. And it demonstrated that again, when it was able to quickly restart in mid 2020. And it's been humming along at a pretty good clip, with the exception of yes, labor has been an issue, but the biggest issue has been the microchip situation. And just when we think we're kind of out of the woods with that, it rears its ugly head again and has in the past few weeks. And there's been numerous production outages in North America, Michigan, and globally. So the production volumes are still not where they're anticipated to be based on the demand. You know, Glenn, when it comes to the chip situation, I know there is uh, much dialogue, much discussion and planning going on to find a way to manufacture those chips in the Midwest. I'm surprised that wasn't done years and years ago, considering how big the auto industry is here and manufacturing in general. Well, we saw a very quick acceleration of the demand when the pandemic hit because their chips are used in everything. And so consumer products were going up through the roof. Vehicle sales were strong. So a very big supply and demand pinch. These are very capital intensive, very expensive, very long lead time plants. And frankly, that's a good point. It is surprising that it wasn't done in the past, but now it is being done to mitigate some of the risks into the future. And talk a little bit about that, because that's been in the news that 
we're looking for other ways to get those made here in the Midwest. Yeah, there's uh, some big announcements. There's a couple plants being built in Arizona right now. And you may have seen, and a lot of people have seen that Intel has made a $20 billion investment outside of Columbus and Ohio. But there's more capacity that's needed and there's going to be more action in that space. So I think we can anticipate some more announcements, hopefully in the Midwest, hopefully in Michigan. Are you worried about the trucker strike coming here to the United States? Because it's been in the news that there are multiple events like this that are planned for cities all over the country. I think with the disruption in the supply chain, the disruption from a political standpoint, you know, not just in our country, but globally, I think that we're all concerned with the supply chain at just about every touch point that it has. So I think there's a heightened awareness of things that could develop or things that could happen that we just weren't having to deal with not that long ago. So Glenn, how do you plan for that, especially for something that hasn't happened yet? Well, it's tough too, because this is a just-in-time business, meaning that we call it JIT, and vehicle inventories and parts inventories are not accumulated. Things move from factory to factory very quickly. So when things pop up that are disruptive, they have a big impact, and it's tough to plan for it, but they're doing everything they can long-term to mitigate some of these issues. We're talking with Glenn Stevens, who is the Detroit Regional Chamber's Vice President of Automotive and mobility initiatives. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Mish Auto. I'm Tony Conley. You're listening to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. For something to grow, it takes time. Like the equity in your home. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit. Because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back to the Media Business Pod. This is Tony Conley, and of course, you're listening to the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Glenn Stevens, who's the executive director of Mish Auto, as well as the Detroit Regional Chamber's vice president of automotive and mobility initiatives. Glenn, tell us a little bit about Mish Auto. Sure. So Mish Auto is the voice for the auto and mobility industry in Michigan. We're a very big tent, as I say. Uh, We have OEM suppliers, universities, community colleges, economic developments all around the state. In fact, the startup community and mobility is very involved with us too. And what we're focused on is promoting, retaining, and growing the industry here in Michigan. There's no greater concentration of automotive companies and assets and skills anywhere in the world, but it's not ours unless we keep protecting it and building it for the future. And that's what we work to do. All right, Jim, just between you and me, I want you to see if you can give me a few secrets or a little insider uh, info on the upcoming auto show. I've seen a few stories about it. What can you tell us about it? Well, as you know, we haven't had one in a little while. So Mm -hmm. what I can say is that Rod Alberts and his team at the Detroit Auto Dealers Association and the North American International Auto Show, they've got a plan for September. But I think what you're going to see is not so much the auto show that we always knew, We're going to see more of an intersection of culture, uh, meaning music and food, with technology, with the vehicles. 
And I think you're going to see that in the city of Detroit and around the city of Detroit. So it's a pretty big transformation that they've been planning for. And frankly, I think it's going to be pretty cool and pretty exciting. I'm interested to see the auto show, too, being in the early fall as opposed to the winter when the weather is not that good. You can't get around as well. You can't do things outside. That ought to be an interesting dynamic. Well, it should be beautiful. It's one of our most beautiful months. Uh, I personally love fall in Michigan, but it's a great temperature. You know, the seasons are changing and we're not quite dealing with the extreme weather yet. So I think there's going to be good temperatures. It's going to be, you know, good ambience. And there's going to be a lot of excitement around this, finally being able to have this knock on wood. Glenn, there's been a lot of talk. It's been in the news quite a bit in regards to the Michigan Central Innovation announcement, what Ford is investing, what Google is investing, uh, especially with that special piece of property. What can you tell us about this project that we don't already know? Well, I had the privilege to be at the uh, press conference last week with some of the parties that you just mentioned. Uh, Michigan Central is a project that, yes, Ford has been the impetus for it and you know is being the funder for it, but it's not about Ford. It's about creating a place and a space where companies from anywhere in the world, certainly here in Michigan, can intersect with new innovation, new startup technology, and really be a place where talent can congregate around startup innovation, electrification, autonomous vehicle, software development. So it's pretty exciting. The building's being transformed. It was so cool to be inside it and see what they're doing with it. But I think that you know, this kind of space at Michigan Central, it's the type of space that we need around the state, from the UP to Grand Rapids to Flint to Detroit, where those things can intersect talent, place, and innovation. And I think that it's going to be a great success, and it's on its way. How much of an impact will Google being involved in that project have with not only that project, but within Detroit, the state, and the Midwest? Well, Google has a lot of different parts to it. Uh, one of the parts of it has been very active, and, and that's Waymo, uh, the autonomous vehicle development company. That is part of Alphabet and the Google companies. Um, then there's Google itself, and there's Google Cloud. And Google Cloud has got a very big presence. In fact, uh, we've been working with them very closely. They're extremely intricately involved in the vehicle connectivity. And then Google itself making a commitment to be a tech partner and partner of Michigan Central and the community there, that's huge. It's a huge development. It's very positive for the ecosystem, for Detroit, and for Michigan. Glenn, I want to talk a little bit about electric vehicles. I was just having a conversation with a couple of friends, and we were hesitant to think about owning an electric vehicle because of all the typical challenges that people like me and my buddies, we don't know a lot about electric vehicles. You know, I seem to learn more and to have more faith in them because of all the other products that have come out. For example, I recently bought an electric saw. Not only did I not have to deal with the hassle of starting it up and worrying about the chain coming off of it and the noise or whatever, but I was just enamored with the performance. And a friend of mine started talking more about electric vehicles and it just seems like we're learning so much more about them and they can be a lot more efficient than they've been given credit for, especially with the development of the energy sources for those IE batteries. Yes, I think you're going to see more and more of them. There's a lot of consumer adoption that needs to occur still. There's a lot of infrastructure that needs to occur. 
but I don't think that we're going backwards with this one. And I don't think it's going to be something that's slow adoption either. I think that many of us will either be in electric vehicles very soon, or we'll be planning for them in the near-term horizon. And I think Michigan's a perfect place where we're going to see leadership in research, development, and manufacturing. And I think that's pretty exciting too. How soon do you think it will be before as many electric vehicles are sold as those that use gasoline? It could be 2030. It depends. It probably will be somewhere around there where the market penetration is 50%. I don't think it'll be sooner. It might not be that longer. But by 2030, the experts, and those are the people that forecast the markets, say that it'll be somewhere between 25 and 50% of the market in the United States will be pure electric vehicles. You're listening to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. We're talking with Glenn Stevens, who is the Detroit Regional Chamber's Vice President of Automotive Mobility Initiatives. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the auto industry and electric vehicles. We'll do that next on Media Business. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Glenn Stevens, who's with the Detroit Regional Chamber. And Glenn, we were uh, just talking about electric vehicles. What took so long for the development of the battery, which is so crucial for these vehicles? What took so long? And I'm not just talking about us here in the United States, but for the world to really grasp and getting a handle on development of these batteries. Well, it depends on how you answer that question. Actually, Thomas Edison and Henry Ford had an electric vehicle project together in the early 1900s that actually a lot of people thought might really revolutionize things, and that didn't materialize. There have been stops and starts throughout the year with electric vehicles. When you look at Norway right now, I mean, almost all new vehicles purchased or a good portion of them are pure electric vehicles. So when you look at our country, there's no question about it that Tesla was a tipping point, that Elon Musk was a tipping point in what they've done. The battery technology specifically, to your point, is changing by the day. So, you know, I think that it was not so much the battery technology that took so long. It was the turn towards it when you look at forces that were driving it. And those forces are at play. And now the competition's at play. And if you watch the Super Bowl, you saw that there's a lot of companies spending a lot of money on electric vehicle advertisements. Yeah, I think what's interesting is you know more than anyone, Glenn. We here in America, we love our trucks, we love our SUVs, we love our sports cars, and we see so many batteries being developed for these so we can keep buying those products. Right, right. And now I think that Ford, perfect example, best-selling vehicle in the world for many, many years, or certainly in the United States, is the F-150. And now the F-150 is going to be the F-150 Lightning. And uh, it's gotten rave reviews and they've got tons of orders and they're not going to be able to make them fast enough for a while. And General Motors has, you know, electrified theirs and other companies like startups like Rivian are doing that and Tesla itself. 
So I think we're just seeing an incredible acceleration of this. We do have to keep in mind that the raw materials to make batteries is an issue, the power to generate and manage the grid to do this, and then the delivery system with the infrastructure, you know, through the chargers is important too, on top of consumer adoption and affordability. So there's a lot of factors that go into it, but we're certainly see it moving in the direction of a lot more adoption. And Glenn, I think what gets lost by people, especially those who want us to become as green as possible, as soon as possible, is how important petroleum still is in not only the making of those vehicles, but of the batteries themselves. Well, I mean, there are so many things that are made out of petroleum-based products. And I think it's safe to say that uh, the internal combustion engine is not going to disappear overnight. But I also think it's safe to say that we've seen the tide turn and we're going to see more and more electric vehicles. And frankly, there are real reasons why we need that. I mean, we need to burn cleaner. We need to take care of this planet. We need to make sure that, you know, we've got everything working together around electric vehicles that enables those things. Well, at the same time, these vehicles are safe and perform just like they always had to perform. And it's a pretty dynamic time. And I think we're going to see some pretty interesting things over the next couple of years. Glenn, what's new? What's coming up that excites you that maybe we don't really know about or talk about much? What's coming up that we should be looking out in regards to the auto industry? Well, I think the most interesting thing that's happening is there's a lot of focus on electrification and there should be, but Really, it's in where the software is and where these vehicles are now telecommunication devices. So the vehicle companies will still build a hardware-based vehicle. It has four wheels and just like it looks, but it is connected to everything now. So it's connected to your home and your phone, and it's connected to infrastructure. So the rise of the software and the subscription services that you're seeing in the vehicle, and here's the key, particularly for Michigan, it's talent. Right, We are going to need to deliver our schools, our universities, our community colleges, more tech talent to support the industry growing here. That's really what we're watching the most right now, and we're working on the most right now. Do you worry about uh, talent and what's happened to education, not only K-12, through but higher ed, because of COVID the last two years? I think there's been incredible challenges. I mean, I look at what teachers have had to go through and parents have had to go through and students have had to go through. It's been incredibly trying, you know, no doubt about that, that that's taken its toll. You know, I can worry about it or I can look at what needs to be done about it. So we're focused on what does Michigan need to do to develop more high-tech talent all the way through K through 12, all the way into the plants, because the plants are highly, highly automated, robotics, things like that. And the vehicles are computers on wheels. So I will worry about it if we don't do anything about it, but I do see the administration and the legislature and the economic development folks focused on what we need to do for talent for the future for Michigan. So what does need to be done to keep that talent here, especially that talent from those engineers coming from anywhere from Michigan Tech to Michigan State to Michigan to University of Michigan and beyond the state? Well, I think it's really about Michigan. It's really about, is this a place And it is a place where people want to live, work, and play. And these are in large communities like Detroit or Grand Rapids or Ann Arbor, but it's all the way out to the remote areas, you know, the far reaches of the UP, because technology-based workers and economy workers in the knowledge-based economy, they can work anywhere. So we really need to focus on making Michigan an attractive place to live in a place where people can have good schools and good services and good infrastructure 
that's the focus. That's going to be key to our future. We've been talking with Glenn Stevens, who's the executive director of Mish Auto. He also serves as the Detroit Regional Chamber's vice president of automotive and mobility initiatives. Uh, Glenn, I appreciate your time so much, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate your time. I'm Tony Conley. You've been listening to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.